The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, it's Advent. Uh, Advent is the beginning of the church year. This is when we start the year. We don't really wait till the 1st of January, but rather we begin now because the church year tells the whole story of the life of Jesus. And so we begin the story here. Not at Christmas, but with the preparation for Christmas. Advent is a special time of the church year that runs counter to everything that's happening in the world, right? Especially this year, we have put up our decorations in our homes and in the stores. We've put on Christmas music. I was listening to Christmas carols on my way to church this morning. But Advent says, hold on and wait. If you've ever been in a symphony, a choir, a band, Advent is that moment when the conductor taps her stand and lifts her baton, and the whole band or symphony takes a breath. It's that moment. That's Advent. Or, (laughs) you're returning home from a long trip, and as you do on a long trip, you've been drinking your coffee and trying to keep yourself going, And by the time you get home, you've really got to go. And that moment when you open the door and you're running into the house because you've got to get to the bathroom quickly, that moment when you open the door, that's Advent. When you know you're almost there, but not there yet. Advent is this time of almost, but not yet. The time before the moment when it happens. One more, if you've ever been in a car accident, there is this moment when you see what's going to happen, right? So you're driving, it's raining, you're stuck in traffic, and you glance over at the person next to you, and you glance up and you see brake lights, and you realize as you slam your foot on, everything kind of stops as you realize no matter what you do, you're going to rear-end that car in front of you, and you brace. Advent is that moment of bracing. This is the time that we use as the people of God to prepare ourselves for the coming of God. This is the time we use as God's disciples, as Jesus' disciples, to prepare to welcome Jesus, not just into our world in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, but into our hearts today and now. And so we prepare. Historically, Advent has a lot of imagery of light and dark. We light extra candles to mark the weeks. The nights are growing longer. Christmas comes just after the longest night of the year. We say things that are very positive about light, like light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. That's wonderful imagery, but I want us to pull back from it a little bit and look a little bit more carefully at it it this Advent as we talk about what it means for us to encounter hope in the dark. You see, a thing happened over the course of 2,000 years of Christianity. 2,000 years ago, that imagery of light and dark was about 
darkness where it ought not be, things that happen in the shadows versus the things that are revealed and known in light. But that this, this is the thing that happened. There was this moment in Christian history that lasted for many, many years when people used Scripture to justify their hate of other people, their ownership of other people, frankly. And slave owners and others would turn to the Bible and they would say, See, look, light is good and dark is bad. Well, there you go. God intended for some people who are lighter to be better than other people who are darker. I don't know what to tell you. It's here in the Bible. Of course, that's not at all what Scripture meant. And when Scripture talks about light and dark, it means nothing of that sort. But it took on that meaning to the extent that we went to, right, the, 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 the men in white versus the men in black and the men in black until you get to, you know, Will uh, uh, Smith and, and Fighting Aliens, the men in black guys in the black hats were always the bad guys and the guys in the white hats were always the good guys. Hmm. Light and dark, white and black. There's danger in darkness, but there's danger in light. And it's time for us, I think, to reclaim the language about darkness because one of the things that we miss is over and over and over again, God's people meet God in the dark. We're going to talk about that through the next three weeks of Advent. How people have met God and encountered God in the night. We sing it every Christmas, silent night, holy night. So let's back up and let's begin at the beginning and let's talk about darkness and light. In the beginning, when God began to create heavens and the earth, darkness covered the earth. Before what is recorded of creation began, darkness was already there. And because we believe that God made all things, God made that darkness that was already there. Darkness was the first element of God's creation. And out of the darkness, God called forth everything and said, It is good. It is good. Darkness is good and holy. We go on to one of my favorite bits of scripture. And, and, and I really wanted to pull this one out. If you've never read the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, it is not the G-rated section of the Bible, okay? The Song of Songs is a love song between a man and a woman. And not like a Disney love song. More like a Showtime love song. And... The story goes on between this love story between a man and a woman. And at some point, the people of God said, this is the word of the Lord and put it in scripture and called it holy. And over the years, we've taken the level of story that it is a love song between a man and a woman, which perhaps ought to make us think about the ways we talk about the physical expressions of love. But that's a whole nother sermon over there and said maybe this is also about God and God's people and about how we love God and God loves us. 
But did you notice the description given of that woman in the Song of Songs? Hmm. Dark am I and beautiful, daughters of Jerusalem. Dark and beautiful. I wonder if in the language of dark and light that we've inherited, we have missed the beauty of darkness. The beauty that happens when everything else is turned off. When I was in college, I lived in the mountains of the Blue Ridge. And I lived in a small town called Roanoke in Virginia. And I would leave Roanoke often, and we would drive just 20 minutes up in the hills and get away from all the city lights. And we would take our homework up there or whatever else we were doing in college. We would sit on the hill and stare up at the night sky and see things that we could never see. Not just in a big city, but in the small town that we lived in. Because the lights hid the beauty of the sky from us. Have you ever done that? Driven out to the middle of nowhere just to look at the night sky? There's beauty in that darkness. Beauty that we miss because we're covered in all of the lights and the business and the busyness of the place where we live. There's benefits to living in a big town, but one of them is you miss out on that beautiful sky. The beauty of darkness. Finally, this story of Moses. And this is the first of our stories about people meeting God. And we're going to run across a number of people who come face to face with God. Moses is the first, and Moses is one of the most famous meetings of God. We've all seen the depictions, right? I mean, it's Charlton Heston standing on the rocks overlooking the people. Moses goes up the mountain into the darkness. And it's there in the darkness that Moses sees the face of God. Out of all the people in all of the Old Testament, it's Moses that sees God and talks with God face to face in this unique way. And he does it in the darkness of the clouds on Mount Sinai. And there, there Moses receives the law that guides the people for the next thousand years and beyond. I wonder how often we are like the people of Israel. Love this bit in Exodus 20. The people see God up on the mountain. They see the cloud cover and the darkness, the thunder and the lightning, the smoke and the fire. And they say to Moses, how about you go up there and you talk to God and we'll just wait down here. Because that looks kind of scary. And it's safer down here. In all our talk about light and darkness, I wonder if we've become afraid of the dark. And in our fear of the dark, we have missed the moments to encounter God's face with Moses. To see the beauty of God in the night sky. 
This has been a year of darkness. It's no mistake that we also use this language to talk about the dark periods of our lives, the dark storm clouds of our lives. And we try to avoid those moments, to get past, to get around, to get over, to get under those moments. And I think God in this Advent season is inviting us precisely to go through those moments and meet God there. To meet God in the dark, in the beauty of the black, in the night sky, without all the distractions surrounding us. The darkness of this year has stripped us down to the things that matter most. We aren't going out as often, so when we go out, we make careful choices to make sure that it's worth the risk for us to do it. We aren't spending time with as many people. And so we choose more carefully the people that we do spend time with. The people that we invite into our bubble. We've had to reprioritize this year. And it's been a struggle in lots of ways for many of us. It's okay to admit that. But perhaps also... Perhaps also the clouds of this year have given us the opportunity to be clearer about our priorities. To be clearer about what matters most. To rediscover the simplicity of God when life slows down. I invite you this week to think about all that imagery of light and dark, about the ways that we talk about light and dark, and the ways that God meets us. Because I guarantee you, there is not one place that God does not go. I guarantee you there is not one moment that God has not been. And darkness, while we use it to talk about struggles and hardship, darkness also comes from God, is created by God, and is declared good by God. And so we go. This Advent. As the nights lengthen. As the shadows stretch as it seems to get dark at 3.30 in the afternoon now, we go, unafraid of the dark, embracing it. It's part of God's great plan for us and for the world, knowing that there in the dark, there in the dark we will also see God's face and be transformed. Amen.